Hello. Cure. G'day. Kimmy's dad. Welcome. G'day. This is Ed's on Sean with an H. Ads is brought to you by BesideTheSeaside.co.nz In the early 80s, I got back from my OE. Well, I worked for a radio station in Liverpool in the UK. Wonderful stories from that, and I'll save those for another day. When I got back after travelling through Asia, I was broke. Absolutely broke. Went and lived with mum and dad in Christchurch and sort of scrounged around for a bit of work. Before I'd left, I'd worked for Radio New Zealand here, a guy by the name of Bob Cameron, quite a famous rugby referee. He only had one arm. name was Bob Cameron. And he'd said, give me a letter before I travelled overseas. And he said, look, we will give you a job. Whenever you get back, we'll give you a job with Radio New Zealand. That was a pretty cool thing to have. I remember at the time thinking, well, I'll always get a job. So I give Bob, the one-armed chief copywriter in Wellington, I give him a call. And he says, Sean, he says, I've got a job for you. Right? right great, fantastic. Invercargill. Okay, Bob. Um, right, Invercargill. Um, now, look, I'm not, nothing. I don't want to be disparaging towards Invercargill. I mean, there's a lot of guys who have had great careers down there in radio. It's, it's a wonderful little town. I've visited at least twice, but at 23, just back from Europe... I wasn't ready for Invercargill. So I said to Bob, I'll I'll call you back. So I made a few phone calls and was quite lucky in that timing must have been right, whatever. But there was a job going at Radio Haraki in Auckland. Now, Radio Haraki's famous. It's New Zealand's equivalent of Radio Caroline. Pirates out in the ocean, battling the bureaucracy, broadcasting radio. Well, by the time I got there, it was 13 years later, later, and they were well-established online. But, gee, they were rocking. It was such a great radio station full of great personalities. People like Blackie, Ross Goodwin, Fred Boddicker. It was like some of the biggest names in broadcasting in both Australia and New Zealand. So I was pretty excited to be working there. Working away, and some of the things that went on there were... Well, at that time, we're pretty debauched, and I was playing a bit of sport, triathlons, and playing a bit of rugby. So while I was not immune to the attractions, I wasn't as fully engrossed as a lot of other people, but that's another story as well. And and, and just a quick digress. I remember one day I was doing mid-dawn, and I hadn't been on air for, for quite some time, and the six hours of mid-dawn, midnight to dawn, Sean talk, Sean in the morn, you may have heard of me. Anyway, midnight to dawn, I was doing this, doing this show, and breakfast announcer didn't turn up. Pat Courtney, his name was, didn't turn up. And so I've gone from like three ads an hour to about 20 ads an hour. There's traffic coming in, there's news, there's weather. Anyway, I thought I handled it with sufficient aplomb and thought perhaps, well, this is my break. I'm now going to be a full-on announcer. Well, come Monday, I was back in the copy department. So I kind of figured, well, writing's what I do. I better stick to it. I did a campaign there once, and it won an IBA award in Hollywood, which I was pretty proud of at the time, but there's a quick story with it. It was for natural gas, and 
we'd judge some ads around the radio station to see which one was eligible to go into these awards, and I was really convinced about this ad. Anyway, it wasn't chosen, but I kind of sneaked it in. It was dirty, it was sneaky, it was a horrible young person thing to do, but I did it. And, uh, <laughs> well, it goes to the IBA and it wins. Wins the award. This worldwide radio award from this tiny radio station that's got a copy department with some bloke who works in it. Hadn't entered this ad and didn't want this ad to go to these awards in Hollywood. Is Well, he's a bit pissed off. Justifiably, I guess. But then, of course, it wins. And now the radio station was quite famous around Auckland for having this award-winning ad. And, and now the writer who did it had just left and gone to Wellington. So, yeah, there was, um, there was a bit niggly there for a while. I remember for about 10 years, they said, well, we're not giving a copy of the certificate. Oh, oh OK. So I'd won this award, but it had no proof. Eventually, I got a copy, and it's oh, God knows where it is now. But interesting story that... I had so much conviction, or I was just a cocky little prick, I had so much conviction, or a cocky little prick, that I thought this ad was good enough to win, as opposed to all the other ads that had been voted to win by the rest of the station. It was a wonderful opportunity to write for a, again, I've mentioned this before, for a retail writer, to write brand. And so all they wanted to talk about was gas hot water. I still have the ad, Incredible, really. It's probably following me around on computers. But it is over 30 years old, so, you know, forgive the quality. But And, and often when you've done an ad like that, if you're a writer, you can look back at it and go, oh, I could have done that so much better. But, you know, for all that aside, it's, uh, it still kind of stands the test of time. Have a listen to the ad. When I told my girlfriend Sally that I have hot water at my place any time of the night or day, she didn't believe me. Even though I explained to her that with natural gas heating your water, you in fact never run out no matter how much you use, she still didn't believe me. She was so used to other outdated forms of water heating that she just didn't believe that natural gas could be so incredibly good. So, last night, I ran the tap for one hour. I then placed Sally's hand under the tap. (coughs) Sally now believes that natural gas is the only way to heat your water. She's also suing me. And just a quick postscript to all that, a couple of years later, Chuck Bloor and Don Richmond came to New Zealand on a tour, talking about radio advertising and marketing and so forth. Now, these guys were huge. They were legends, absolute legends. I remember chatting to one of them, I think it was Don, at an industry function, and he told me how they were also finalists in the same awards. And, you know, L.A. and they'd bought a table, cost them thousands of dollars, you know, got all their got all their clients there and their clients were all very excited. And then this ad from nowhere, written by nobody, <laughs> beat them. And in some ways that was more satisfying than, well, the actual award really, just to, to have been ranked up there, albeit briefly with these legends in the industry. John, the general manager at Radio Haraki at the time, when it all sort of went down, well, him and I eventually made up and uh, we saw each other in industry functions and so forth. And I actually ended up doing some work for him at Television New Zealand a little bit later on in my career. So we were good. I think we're all still good. Are we all still good, John? I hope so. Quick lesson there for writers, I suppose. If you really believe in something, hang in there. And chances are, if you think it's really good, back yourself. (laughs) Enter it. You never know. Miracles might happen.
By the way, Josh from voicemedia.com.au puts all these together for me and uh, he does a great job. If you're looking for a sound engineer and want to work with a top bloke, get in touch with Josh. He's at voicemedia.com.au. Ads is brought to you by besidetheseaside.co.nz.